We came for salvation. We came for family. We came for all that's good. That's how we'll walk away. Aloha. Welcome to the Layman's Lounge we podcast, a ministry of the laymanslounge.com where we exist to bring everyday theology for everyday life. We're talking today with Westminster Seminary's Jonathan Gibson. Last month, Crossway released Dr. Gibson's book, Be Thou My Vision, A Liturgy for Daily Worship. Aloha, brother. How's it going? Going well. Aloha to you. Or as we say in Northern Ireland, where I'm from, all right there. Okay. (laughs) Now, this has nothing to do with Ireland, but I'm such a you know, American guy. This is what I think when I hear that accent. I'm totally hooked on this new TV show called, what's it called? It's about like a veterinarian. It's like an old hymn. All things small. What's that old, what's that hymn? All things small. Right and beautiful. Oh yeah. I guess they changed the name though. It's all things small and beautiful or something. Have you seen this show brother? No. Is it set in Ireland or Northern Ireland? No, actually not even. Yeah. It's, it's England or or Scotland or something, but oh, in Moab or Amnon. I'm in you for not seeing it, brother. But uh, <laughs> if you guys need something to watch, you and the wife, that's one to settle into. Okay. So, yeah. your book, man, it, it it's it looks sharp. It looks crispy. Like so many times, I'm getting books sent to me. They got like a pixelated photo of like a Catholic or you know like a celtic church but you can like see like parked cars in the back and it's like public domain and it's like the uh you know the the font is just like free from word <laughs> and i'm like i always feel bad because sometimes the books are good but the cover is like woo. but bro they gate they, they they dressed your book up to the nines man and they put like you got the cloth cardboard and even that cool like I don't know what you call that, like the, the like sort of like the uh, envelope card. I think they call it the case or the slip slip case, I think is the yes, text. Slip case. Yeah, very nice. Looks I mean, very, you know, the Bibles uh, get that treatment, but yours got it. So how, how stoked were you when you when they're like, yeah, we're not just going to like print yours on like tissue paper. We're going to give you like the crispy <laughs> run. Uh, no, I was, I was very, very pleased. Crossway in general are uh, very good at book covers, I think, and they are producing a quality book. <clears throat> I guess I pictured when they first accepted the contract, you know, a little paperback kind of thing, and then they sent me the the design, saying we're going to go slipcase cover and cloth, and uh, <laughs> and I couldn't. I thought, wow, that, that is going to be beautiful. And then the 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 formatting, well, the the ribbons, yes, <clears throat> are really nice. The colors. And then the it's Smith's sewing, which is really important if it's going to be used over and over. Oh, I like and, that. Um, I uh, yeah, so I was very happy. And then the internal, you know, in the cloth, you've got that lovely sort of pastoral scene in the countryside, you know, front and back, and oh. then the nice design and layout with the red font for the rubrics. Yes. Yep. Yep. I I asked, could we have that? Which obviously adds price to printing but they were very gracious and said yeah we can do the yeah they didn't throw the intern at you you got like the they got you like the best the best crew to do that yeah i mean i think the editor's probably gone into early retirement because i was (laughs) obsessed with uh, the flowing the the flow chart of the prayers 
Totally. I didn't just want them all block text. I wanted them to be really nicely formatted so that in a sense you could follow the cadence and the yeah. logic of some of the prayers. Some of them are just a paragraph, but as you, as you know, uh, there's a lot of them are actually flow charted sentence diagrammed in a way that really brings out the different elements of the prayer. No, I, I'm not going to lie, brother. I got the, like a promotional, like a pre-promotional copy. And it was just like on, you know, like standard book. And I thought, oh, cool. I, I need to get into this. But when they sent me the crispy version, I was like, oh, all right. And so yeah. I'm not even lying, man. I, I, I steal away every morning and I go to the, literally every morning now since I've got it, I've been going just to the coast and getting all, getting all pious over there, man. It's been so <laughs> nice. And um, so anyways, well done. Good job, Crossway. So you compiled this book, like you compiled it, right? It's mm -hmm. in sort of like this one-stop shop for personal prayer, worship, confession, and as you notate, and I think it's the preface or whatever, it, this, it's structured like sort of like a mini church service. Can yeah. you explain, can you explain the daily components of it? Yeah, sure. So, so it is, it's structured like a daily church service. And it, it struck me that in a, in a way, quiet times, quite a modern invention, isn't it? <clears throat> you know, pre-Reformation, yeah. people didn't have the Bible in their own language. It was in Latin. Not everybody read Latin. Um, and had access to reading their own Bible every day. So you went to church and you had daily prayers, and that involved Bible reading, saying the creed, saying the Ten Commandments, the Lord's Prayer, and some other prayers and colics. And um, it struck me that, in a sense, that's been the spiritual daily devotion of Christians up until the Reformation. And so I thought, you know, why not incorporate some of those things? And it really came out of my own quiet times getting rather stale and dry and bland, I would <clears throat> say a little prayer, uh, a quick praise to God, and then please speak to me through your word, open my Bible, read it. And I've always used a kind of daily reading plan, machine, or going through the Psalms or something like that. Mm -hmm. And then I would just end with petitions. And I just, during COVID, we're all in lockdown. I just became increasingly dissatisfied with that. Yeah. And I'd done a book called Reformation Worship with a friend, Mark Ernge, a couple of years before where we retranslated 26 liturgies from the Reformation. And I remember being struck by how rich the church services were in the Reformation compared to what some of our services are today. And I thought, why not actually incorporate some of those elements into a daily devotion and just see what that looks like? So that's what I did. I made it up for myself for a week. <clears throat> trialed it just did it and it took different formats and different orders of elements over time for me to get happy with what i was doing yeah. once i set on that then i made it out for the month 31 days yeah. and then i thought well, let me ask crossway or somebody are they interested in this so yeah so the elements um for a day a day of worship <clears throat> daily worship are um Starts with a call to worship. Uh, scripture reading every day is either Old Testament or New Testament. They alternate every day. Yeah. So the idea there is we don't start with worship. We don't start worshiping God. God comes to us and calls us to worship mm -hmm. by speaking to us through his word. Um, adoration. So a prayer of adoration. Uh, reading of the law. I've got seven 
different sections of the Bible. So Ten Commandments, Deuteronomy 6, um, uh, John chapter uh, 15, what love is, uh, the Beatitudes, Matthew 5. So I've got seven different sections that are like the reading of the law. That's By the a, way, I just yeah. got to observe, I loved, I loved that you put the Beatitudes there. That that's, that's law, man. That yeah. is, that is yeah, not yeah. that is not necessarily good news because I am not very, you know, I am not any of those things. And uh, I I actually was, yeah, I always grew up thinking, oh yeah, this is the normal Christian life, and I am like I am a I am the scum of the earth. So, anyways, I appreciated that. Yeah, and you know they're there, yes, to expose our sin, but also then to remind us of the way we were to walk. You know, having confessed our sins. So then confession of sin, assurance of pardon, alternating Old and New Testament verses that assure us of God's forgiveness. And then I do the creed. And here in a normal week, you would have apostles, Nicene, then the Athanasian creed in three parts, followed by the Nicene, followed by the apostles. So it's a nice sandwich totally. of creed material for the week. Uh, then it's followed by a little praise element called the Gloria Patri, or the Gloria Deo Patri two different versions of the Gloria Patri, and then a catechism question. And at the back of the book, I've put in the Heidelberg catechism and the Westminster shorter catechism. Mm -hmm. The nice thing about that, that I discovered was the Heidelberg's got 127 uh, questions and the um, Westminster shorter catechism has um, 107. And when you, um, do the Heidelberg, sorry, Heidelberg's 129, shorter catechism's 107. And so if you do one catechism question a day of Heidelberg, followed by shorter catechism, followed by the Heidelberg, it is exactly 365 days. Mm. And so I thought, oh, brilliant. So you could do Heidelberg twice a year and shorter catechism once and yeah. get one question a day. So that's the catechism. And that's then followed by um, a prayer for illumination. So I've got seven prayers of illumination that repeat every week from different people in church history, scripture reading, and you can go to the back of the book for the Murray McShane scripture reading plan, and then prayer of intercession. And then I have some bullet points for your own prayers, personal church worship, and then the, you end with the Lord's prayer. So there are four prayers in the, in every day, adoration, confession, illumination, and intercession. Mm -hmm. And all of those prayers are taken from church history, all the way from the early church fathers like Augustine, um, Middle Ages, Anselm, uh, Bernard of Clairvaux, and then all the way up to people like Calvin, Luther, mm -hmm. um, William Wilberforce, John Wesley. I love on the bullet points where you have us pray our own. Just It's just single words too. It's say like, now pray for personal church and then you say like i think it's like the country oh, or the world, world or something pray for the world and i'm like whoa i've been i've never prayed for the world so much and now i pray <laughs> i'm serious every day i'm praying for the world you know yeah. and i'm reminded we're supposed to pray for those in authority which i never do mm -hmm. i hate everyone in authority so now i'm like lord you know lead them and and it's it so that alone man mm. you know what the that that was good that's good there and then um like you mentioned there's like the three three 
you know, three ribbons. I never understood why that was like in the book of common prayer. So I've never, I have common prayer, but I never read that thing. It's just like, yeah. what in the world is this? This is cool, but what, what do I have in front of me? By the way, I think I read someone call, call your book here, um, like the, the reformed book of common prayer or something like that. And I was like, okay, I'll, I could go with that. Yeah. Man, it, and this is some value in it. I always want to like know the Athanasius Creed better. I want to know like the confessions, I, but it's like, I don't want to just like read through like, you mm. know, the shorter cat, you know what I'm, but it's, it's, it's like actually palatable. I'm super, you know, 2022 year. Right. And we're all like tweet mindset. Mm. So it's actually good. Cause you don't like burden me with it, but it's enough to get me, get me in there and start getting familiarized. And I'm like, Oh, that's why you have the ribbons. Cause like when it comes to, it's like, you say something cool. It's like, now go and be blessed by the confession or something like that. And then I, and then I, you know, the spots held to where I go over and then I, you know, I read like day seven or whatever. So anyways, um, I love it, man. I don't mean to be a bootlicker, but there's few things that like sort of get it for me. So anyways, I was talking like last year with, you know, that guy, R Scott Clark, he's in Westminster West. Right. And he's, he's very concerned with piety and practice and you know what we're supposed to do. And I remember we were talking one day, and we're like, I was like, what? I just like the quiet time, whatever that thing is, the, the so-called quote, quote, quiet time. It's like, you know, you got to read your Bible. And then I it, like at the same time, we're like, like who, how would you even read the Bible before the printing press? And then mm. you open that and you open with that. And I really appreciate that. I, it seems like it'd be common sense, but I'm like, whoa, that's so true. Piety didn't necessarily include cracking up your own your own bible you know in the year four you know in the year mm -hmm. like 1300 or whatever yeah i did want to ask you I and mean, you kind of touched on it but what is what is personal like biblical right like and you're an old testament too guy old testament guy too it'd be very interesting to know how they were contrasted or what's the continuity what is the clear command or direction or assumption of a of a quiet time or maybe before you go there we define terms is this like is this are we spending time with god are we worshiping god you know what i mean i basically asked you 28 questions in that so <laughs> well you know the uh, subtitle of my book i suppose starts to answer it uh, a liturgy for daily worship so i said at the beginning in my introduction that it just depends on your Christian background and context and tradition. Some, the sort of classic Christian evangelical term is the quiet time. Others would talk about family worship or personal worship or devotion. I sort of prefer the latter. Uh, quiet time is just, you know, Buddhists have quiet times, you know. So, but but I, I don't I don't mind using the term because we, we know what we're talking about in the context. But yeah, I, I think it, it's a time of worship. <clears throat> there is no, and I say this in my introduction, there is no explicit command in scripture, funny enough, to spend time every day reading your Bible and praying. It really, many of the commands or, uh, or the emphasis to do that or encouragement to do it is implicit. Um, so, um, you know, Abraham is, it says he taught his family the laws and the statutes well, when, when did he do that? Well, at some point in a day, he would have gathered the family and informed them of God's laws and statutes. So 
it's implicit, it's implied that there was a family gathering of devotion, you know, separate to what would be Lord's Day worship. Mm. The other two passages I would say is um, to do with private prayer, um, is to do uh, Daniel chapter 9, where he kneels down, you know, in his room and prays to God and confesses the sin of the nation to God. But it's, it's Daniel in his room praying. And then Jesus says, when you pray to your father in heaven, go to your room, close the door. So we do, there's where you've got two, one Old Testament, one New Testament, very clear examples that we are as Christian believers to have a personal time of prayer with the Lord uh, each day. That's not, it's not an explicit command. I must pray each day, but it's, you know, there's the command to go to your room, close the door. We have the example yeah. of Daniel doing that. And so the, I think that's where you would get the, the foundation or the apologetic for actually yeah. doing that each day. Um, as regards meditating on God's word, um, yes, um, pre-Reformation, not everybody had a Bible that couldn't afford it. And even if when it was printed, it wasn't very cheap. And so it really was daily prayers at church where they would hear the scriptures read. But, you know, what would they have heard when they heard the Psalms read? Well, blessed is the man who meditates day and night on the mm -hmm. law. Well, uh, there was a lot of memorization going on pre the printed Bible. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, Christian believers were encouraged to memorize and meditate upon scripture, even though they didn't have their own personal copy of it. Mm -hmm. No, so... I often wonder, oh, what about, um, so, I mean, could, I'm trying to think how to say this. Could someone be a full on, like, yeah, I'm a Christian. Jesus is the King. I belong to him. Um, my chief end is a glorified worship. And can they, can they do so and have the divine favor of God without having a quiet time? Or a, a, a personal thing of, you know, time of worship. Well, you already said you made it, and I agree, like prayer, that seems to be something, but maybe not really cracking your Bible open. I know when I know when I was the ultimate dark night of the soul Christian, I thought if I didn't read my Bible in the morning, then, then there was a frown over me that day. But if I cracked it open, regardless, I might not have went into one ear and out the other, but I, I'd be like, oh, I like checked the box today and I read my Bible. Yeah. What, how do you how do you uh, how do you think about that, that that area? Well, again, there's no explicit command in Scripture that thou must rise every morning before sunrise and read the Bible and pray. So you know, when Jesus said, "When you pray, go to your room," mm -hmm. he didn't say what time of the day it had to be. You know, so I think those kind of things are really up for freedom and choice. You know, the the point is, it's just about a way of life. You know, today as you before you put your head on your pillow have you spent some time praying with god at some point in the day maybe it was before meals or after meals with the family maybe it's as you put your head in your pillow that's when you say your prayers um but it, it's about a way of life rather than a, i did this at this time and i yeah. ticked the box you know that's where you get into the real legalism yeah and scriptures just don't prescribe for that kind of thing for me it's about a, a close walk with God. Do, do you love God? And do you want to spend time hearing from him each day and praying to him? And so it's more about a way of life. 
Um, it's like with my son, Ben, you know, life's busy. Do I, do he and I speak in detail every single morning to each other? No, I, he gets up, we've got to get out to school. He's got to get picked up for school. But by the end of the day, have I spent some time talking with my son and he, as he talked to me? Mm. Yes. And that's because we're in relationship and it would be really weird if he and I spent a day not talking to each other. Mm-hmm. And so uh, and every analogy has its weaknesses, but yeah. I hope that has sort of helps. God is our father. He longs to speak with us through his word and he wants us to talk to him about what we're doing, you know? And, um, and so I, I, I'm sort of resistant to a, you, you know, you, you see it during the Puritan era and the Wesleys, you know, they get up every morning, five o'clock, you know, and pray for two hours. And if they had a really busy day ahead, they'd get up at four o'clock and pray for three hours. Well, God bless them, but that's just not me. <laughs> and, and so for me, it's like, God bless them. That's what they did. I don't think we all need to follow that exact pattern. I think you have examples in scripture, of people praying like arrow prayers, like Nehemiah hears you know, that his city is in ruin still. And he just shoots an arrow prayer to God immediately. He doesn't mm-hmm. say, well, five o'clock tomorrow, I'll pray. Right, but, right. So, you know, it's, it's about a way of life, really. And that, that said, I should say this, that said, we all know that if we don't have some level of discipline, then, and some kind of routine, then it's, we're not going to be as committed to reading our Bibles and praying because so much of, daily routine is distracting yeah. devil loves to distract us with things so there should be a discipline so i do want to push back on that and say you know you don't want to have no routine so for me i do my be thy my vision read my bible in the mornings generally but i do it at different times in the morning some mornings i get to do it before i exercise some mornings i do it after my exercise at breakfast time some mornings I get to the office at the seminary and I do it before I you know, open my computer. So my general approach is I try to do it before I really begin working for the day. Mm-hmm. But that time in the day is a bit different each time. Yeah. Yeah. So you in that in while you talk as you were talking, you said something interesting. It says something like uh, uh, just, you know, habits of your life. And you said something to the effect of you know, do you want to hear from God and do you want to pray? So what you did not say was, do you want to spend time with God? I'm not saying you did or didn't say that or have fellowship with God or relationship with God. But I would love to ask you, I think the most people would say, you know, God has created us for relationship with him. And so when we are reading our Bible or praying or meditating, that is a sort of a medium of spending time or so my question is, can you speak to that? Is that in those moments, are you spending time with God? Are you in relationship when like, if I'm confessing the Athanasian Creed, am I at that moment, am I in the present, the presence of God? Or another way to ask this is, no, actually, I'll just leave it there. Yeah, it's a, it's a good question. Maybe I'd go back to the analogy with my son. So if I spent a Saturday with my son, Ben, or Zachary, and... Don't forget Zach, man. Yeah, don't, don't forget the little Zach, man. 
It's lovely. Yeah, little Zach. So if I was to spend time with Ben or Zach or both, and we just spent the day together, physically together, never said anything, it would be a special day, you know, but our relationship wouldn't really have grown because we haven't said anything to each other. Mm. Um, and now God is omnipresent. He's with us everywhere. So in a sense, we're spending every day with God. Mm. Uh, but it's about him talking to us and us talking in response to what he said to us. And that's where the communion fellowship relationship develops. So spending time with God. Well, I guess part of me would say, well, theologically we spend 24 hours a day with God because he's omnipresent. Mm. His Holy Spirit dwells in us. So we're always spending time with God. What we're really talking about here is a time of deepening our communion or giving visibility to the communion we have with god where he talks to us and mm. we respond in prayer mm -hmm. so i don't know if that helps so as regards the athanasian creed you know in a sense yeah you you're you're addressing god in the athanasian creed and you're saying father son and holy spirit this is what i believe about you and about your world um and so in a sense, it's it's a public affirmation back to God. It, in a sense, it's a kind of a prayer where you're confessing to God and then obviously to the world in a public setting, if you were saying it publicly, what you believe. So it's still worship in that sense. I've gone, I've done, I'm about to tell you the, I've gone full circle on what I'm about to tell you probably like 34 times in my life. And that is, oh, there. I should expect some experience from God to know like God is everywhere. I'm clothed in Christ. And if he's pleased to allow me to feel something, then he is pleased to do as such. And if not, he's not what, you know, should I expect or not? So I keep going back and forth and I will say this. I, I, I never experienced anything. I'll start with that. But ah, so many people do, and I'm so jealous of the experiences they have. You probably do, man. Everyone gets has some sort of experience, but I think that's the reason I love this is because I will say, man, I'm praying. You know what? There's something about just praying. It's like it just it just seems right for man to pray to his God. So just that alone, I'm like, you know what? I don't I don't know the theological reality that shrouds that, but I love that. The book makes me, what you usher us through makes me feel like I'm actually being pious, mm. um, but there's not, because I want piety. So I guess my question for you is, <clears throat> should there be some sort of expectation for an experience? You know, you've got everything from like Joel Beakey into where there sort of should be some experience and then over to R. Scott Clark, where it's like, no, man, you, this, what's up, this is it. You, you got, that's whatever. And then you, but then as you well know, these days, there is such an emphasis and I'm drawn to this, like this contemplative thing and participation. I'm like, Ooh, that sounds nice. But I just <laughs> get in there. I'm like, ah, I'm thirsty. I'll go, go drink a beer now. Like nothing's happening. How does this work? What should I expect? Yeah, for me, it's both and, you know, it's it's certain um, doctrine, gospel, the gospel, Christian doctrine, the creeds, 
saying our prayers, reading prayers, and praying to God extemporaneously. It's just doing it, and it's that's what it is. And we're communing with God, and we don't need to feel anything or come away thinking, I had a fuzzy feeling today, it's great. Mm. So that's what we're to do. But neither is it empty, cold, and if, if you end up just doing it mechanically, mm. uh, just for the sake of it, you end up with a sort of idea that, you know, you just do this thing, mm. but your heart's not in it. You don't experience anything. Mm. But that's okay, because that's just what we do as Christians. Mm. I, I think for me, it's both and. It's, it's all those things I've just said. Plus saying, oh, Lord, as the deer pants for the water, may my soul pant for you, the living God. You know, that, that is very affectionate um, language, panting, yeah. you know, talking about panting for God. That's not like I went and I just did my liturgy today. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, no, I panted after God today. Mm-hmm. I longed for him like a deer longs for flowing streams after it's been chased. Yeah. yeah. You know, and, and that's where the Psalms are so helpful. There's that vibrant vital living desire and passion for more of god mm-hmm. you know whom have i in heaven but you and there's none upon earth that i desire beside you my heart and my flesh feel but you are my strength and my portion forever mm-hmm. now that, that that's not cold orthodoxy there that that is living warm-hearted you know union with god through christ and so for me, it's both and, you know, and uh, I actually I put that um, verse, Psalm 73, verse 25. It's the final day of worship. And I did it deliberately mm. um, that uh, I wanted to end the 35 days sort of reminding us that, you know, God is to be our portion mm. forever. And I think the prayer on that day is by. Uh, is that the one by me that you emailed me about? I gave you the permission to use. <laughs> oh no! Since it was in Latin, right? No, you didn't want to yeah, translate yeah, it. That's not, right. Not, no, it's not that. It's not that day. It's um. Oh, hang on. Oh yeah, it's 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 the uh, prayer of adoration, Thomas Akempis. Hmm. That day, you know, Lord, what is my confidence which I have in this life? Is it not you, O Lord, my God, whose mercies are without number? Where has it ever been well with me without you? And where could it be ill with me when you are present? I rather choose to be a pilgrim on earth than without you to possess heaven. Where you are, there is heaven. And where you are not, there is death and hell. There's none that can help me in my necessities, but only you, my God. You are my hope. You, my confidence. Although you expose me, to diverse temptations and adversities, yet you order all this to my advantage, in which trial of me you ought no less to be loved and praised than if you did fill me full of heavenly consolations. Amen. It's a very affectionate prayer by Kempis that sort of captures the call to worship in Psalm 23. Sorry, Psalm 75, verse 25 to 26. Whom have I in heaven? And who upon earth is there that I desire beside you? And so for me, it's a it's about having structure. It's about having the gospel, doctrine, the creeds, catechisms, and learning them, going through them. 
And it's also about saying, Lord, give me a heart that beats for you. We've been talking with Jonathan Gibson, Johnny Gibson, as the email says, I like that. Uh, The book is Be Thou My Vision, a liturgy for daily worship. It came out like just just under a month ago. Um, Last question for you, brother. So as people get this, you know, get this book or even just on their, they, they pray, they, you know, they reflect, they read, they read scripture and, you know, read confessions. What is the, um, what, what do they couch that activity in? Meaning, you know, are they, are they thinking, okay, I'm going to do this because this is worshiping God. Is that, is that the thing that should be driving us? Like right now I'm going to go and worship God by, in, through the medium of this book. Or is it right now I'm going to strengthen what I already know to be true and grow into it? Or what is the, so yeah, the final question, what, what, so, what do we couch this, this activity in? Um, I think it's the worship of God through communion with his son, the Lord Jesus, in the grace and power of the spirit. And that's all very technical. But what I'm really saying there is it is worship. uh, But worship itself is communion with God. And so it's nourishing your faith. It's deepening it. It's strengthening it. It's devoting yourself again to God, which is what worship is. It's devotion. Mm-hmm. So I, I don't think, again, I don't think it's either or. I think these things all sort of interconnect and are all part of the same atmosphere um, and orbit, really, in which we move, that we were made to worship God and have communion with him. And um, we get to do that um, through the Lord Jesus. And when you spend time with God, reading the Bible, praying, and maybe using a daily devotion like Be Thou My Vision, you're worshiping God. You're also devoting yourself to him. You're also being fed by him, and your faith is being nurtured, and you're being given strength and clarity to go out and view the world the right side up and to have the emotional spiritual physical energy mental energy to go and live through that day as for whatever providential dealings the lord has planned for you i'll receive it brother thanks for the book i spilled pepsi on my my on my glorious that on my glorious sleeve or whatever now it's all sticky <laughs> now that is sacrilege you know is, well thank you for having me on the podcast aloha to you every blessing we came for salvation we came for family we came for all that's good that's how we'll walk away We came to break the bad, we came to cheer the sad, we came to leave.